Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. That's Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Thursday, live from the Auction Community Studios. Thanks again to Michael Bidwell for joining us. And now, joining us in the Auction Community Studios for Newsmakers Week, Valley sports icon, the one and only Jerry Colangelo, kind enough to uh, join us. Jerry, thank you so much for being here today. Great to see you. Good morning. It's been a while since I've been been yeah. here in these offices, and it's uh, I'm glad it's a, a nicer day today than yesterday. Oh, hey, so, yesterday yeah. was a little nasty. I yeah. thought I was back in Chicago. <laughs> it felt like it, didn't it? It did. It really did. My, my sister's in town from Beverly, and yes. she's like, I thought it was nice here. I'm yes. like, I don't, I don't know. What can I do here? You know, of all days, uh, you know, my partners and I, through a fund on the some golf courses in town, the Wigwam courses and also the Biltmore courses. And yesterday we were walking through that blustery weather with Tom Lehman and a group of golf people mm-hmm. because we're changing the course and putting a lot of improvements into it. I'm serious. It seemed like it was below zero. That's how cold it was. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Anyway, it's nice to well, be here. Well, look, you look fabulous. You've already told us that the garlic, the Italian food's the secret to your longevity and how good you look, so I've, we don't need to spend well, time with you. that. I right? wrote that down. Did you? You wrote that down? <laughs> good, good. Okay, when the Suns signed Kevin Durant, that must have brought up memories of when you brought Charles here. Let's go down memory lane. we got plenty of time to do this. For the people who didn't experience Charles how similar? What was it like? What did you reflect upon? Well, similar in the sense that uh, both of them were uh, uh, game changers. You know, in terms of uh, players who were at the top of their top of their game, in my opinion, and were were people that could really get you to to the next level, to the promised land. Uh, if you recall, we had a very good team uh, before Charles, before that trade. But we just couldn't get over the hump. We were winning 50 to 55 games, very competitive. I think people liked our, our players, etc. And we, we had really teed things up pretty well. Uh, we had decided to uh, go f- for trying to get a new building. We did that. Mm-hmm. So in the same year, Paul Westfall was named coach. We were opening a new building. We were sold out for the season, and season seats and all of our inventory, radio, television, signage. Um, and we had a wait list of thousands of people who wanted season tickets. But where were we headed? We were going to have another very good team. But when that opportunity presented itself, because Carl, excuse me, Charles was looking for something else, he was on a happy camper in Philadelphia. We gave up some good people. Every trade, you you can't expect you're just going to steal somebody. It doesn't happen. Although I, I can think of a few things in my career where that did happen, like Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. yeah. That for, was a steal. Uh-huh. For Kareem Garcia. Plus, they gave us a half a million dollars in cash. That turned out pretty well. That, that was a good one. Good. That was one-sided. Uh-huh. But, but there's always the other side, you know, when things don't work out. With Charles... How much risk, really, when you get down to it? Sure, he was a high-strung superstar, but his talent was enough in our minds to get over that hump and have a chance to really win a championship. So we play the season, if you recall, the best record in basketball from day one mm-hmm. for the season. And then we run up against the, the Lakers, an eight seed against us, the one seed, and we're down 0-2. 
we were on the verge of being eliminated, and then we came back. And that was kind of historic, too, when yeah. Paul Westfall said, we're going over there, and we're going to win one, we're going to win two, and then we're going to come back here and win win the series, and it all happened. Kind of prophetic. Right. Um, Charles is player of the year, MVP in the league. Um, we get to the finals. Should have gotten through the finals with the championship. We lose our first two games at home. So much for this home court advantage <laughs> that everyone talks about. I mean, I've seen that go opposite the opposite way so many times, yes. it seems, in sports. Uh-huh. Um, but the series was a great series. And we should, I think we could have won. Can't say should have. Um, but certainly we were right there. So... Charles did exactly what he was expected to do, with the exception of the ring. We didn't get that. And over the next couple of years, I think we had even a better chance because Michael was gone, if you recall. Yes. Mm-hmm. And who someone else took advantage of that, Houston. Yep. And so that that's a big disappointment to me. During that stretch, we could have won a couple of championships. Didn't happen. So back to your question. I love Durant. One thing about the players now that the Suns have, there's no maintenance. There's no high-maintenance people at all. These are all hoopers. These are all guys who love to play. So when you bring a group of individuals together like that, you have a real legitimate chance. And Durant, if healthy, is one of the top two players in the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do you expect to steal somebody? Do you expect to get him for nothing? No. You have to be willing to, to get – the real question is, do you feel you're in this window where you have a chance to win it? I would bet on that. Yes. You know, and the fact – because I, I, I love Book Booker. I think he's really an outstanding uh, shooting guard. Um, I love Chris Paul. As long as he can stay up there, be the general that he needs to be, don't expect him to get big-time numbers. He will from time to time. He's that – talented even at his age um the center needs to be more consistent if they can get him to be consistent um i like the nucleus of of that group and durant gives them that extra gives them that star who can get them over the hump Mm -hmm. so i i'm excited about i would i would have done that Personally, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know you would have. That's why yeah. this. That's why this feels so familiar to yeah. a lot of Suns fans. Yeah. I remember speaking with you, Jerry, two years ago when the Suns mm-hmm. made their run to the finals, and the way the schedule shook out, it coincided with you heading over to the Olympics and right. being in Asia at that time. And we talked about what a championship, from your perspective, would mean to you. And here we are, two years later, uh, and a lot of people are penciling the Suns in as the favorite to win it. Can, can we just revisit those feelings? Uh, you know, after all these years. And being so close so many times, what would a championship mean to you well, personally? Well, it would mean, you know, how could it not mean everything? Mm-hmm. You know, especially since I came here and, and started the franchise. And it's you, the old common thing I say, it's my baby in the sense that I gave birth to him. Mm-hmm. And so when you go through all the pains mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> adolescent years and, and you know, the wins, <laughs> the losses, mm-hmm. and you, you learn and blah, 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 um, you know, 
I hope the stars are aligned this time. That's the real. That's the real key. Yeah. How about that? So true. Yeah. Jerry Colangelo, kind enough to uh, join us in studio here for Newsmakers Week for two segments. So we'll take a quick break and we'll continue our discussion with the great Jerry Colangelo next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Welcome back, everybody. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata, joined by the iconic, the great Jerry Colangelo, so responsible for building Phoenix from scratch and to where we are today. Um, a lot of people don't know this, and I tell this because I've spent a lot of time with you. I wrote a book with you that back in the day when you were hired by the Bulls, you you had to create excitement around the Bulls. So you actually rented a flatbed and you put a live bull in the back. We did. And you drove up and down Michigan Avenue. At, at lunchtime, you know, <laughs> thinking that we would have great exposure and we might be able to sell a number of season tickets because we were trying to establish ourselves. Yeah. And so Dick Klein, who was the um, the individual who really came up with the concept of bringing pro basketball to Chicago, Johnny Kerr, who was our first head coach, a Chicago guy from Tilden Tech, and myself. And I have a great photo of the three of us on that flat <laughs> truck that you're mm-hmm. referring to uh-huh. with cowboy hats on. <laughs> I want that and as we're And as we're going down, it's in the museum at, okay. at GCU. Oh, yeah. But as we're going down Michigan Avenue, we had pamphlets we're throwing out. Hoping that we're going to sell seats. Unbelievable. We sold four. (laughs) (laughs) I learned. I learned Mm -hmm. a lesson. Yes, you did. And I bring this up because when Matt Ishbia came in, the way he came in is the guy that played the game like you did. Um, You played it at Illinois. You were going to play at Kansas with Will Chamberlain. He's aggressive. He's young. He knows the sport. He loves the sport. He's respectful of those who came from behind him. And he's very aggressive and he wants to win. So people are looking at Matt Ishbia and going, this looks like a young Jerry Colangelo. Could we really be this lucky? Mm -hmm. Matt reached out to you and sought your advice. Well, he did. And that that really impressed me. Um, And I was impressed by him as an individual. And I think rather than comparisons, it's more about who this young man is. And you described described him well. Uh, Therefore, I'm very upbeat about the future. I think the franchise is in good hands. I, I was impressed with his brother, who's going to be part of that management team. And uh, so there's a comfort level. And I kind of sense that from a lot of people in the community when I see them. They want to know if, if I've had an opportunity to meet meet with them. I have. Uh, the door's wide open. Whenever they want counsel of any kind or advice or opinions, I told them I'm, I'm happy to do that. I care. There's, I couldn't care more. Jerry Colangelo, our guest in studio for Newsmakers Week, day three here on Arizona Sports. Uh, you still have a lot of things on your plate. You're, you're involved in the, in the Basketball Hall of Fame still. Uh, obviously, a, a still a connection with GCU. And I wanted to focus on that, not necessarily specific to GCU, but uh, we know in sports everything changes over time, not always for the better. Uh, college athletics has changed in in huge ways in recent years with transfer portal things and name, image, and likeness deals. I just wanted to get your thoughts from from your perspective on the future of, of college athletics and where you think it's heading. Well, Bick is aware of uh, the first book that I wrote, uh, How You Play the Game, mm-hmm. How the Game of Life, mm-hmm. and it's how all of these things come together, the business world, sports 
political world, all of these things. There was a chapter I kind of committed to the NCAA about changes they should make or consider making. This was 1998. (laughs) I would say to you, if they had instituted some of those changes, then we wouldn't be in the predicament we're in today because it was a runaway freight train the way things have gone. There was an AD from a Big Ten school in my office last week, and I was talking to him about the NIL. Mm -hmm. I said, what's your budget? He said, well, they're all, all the players are making six figures minimally. And uh, so I, I just kind of put things together because I knew we, they paid a lot for a couple of guys. They had a $3 million payroll. <laughs> okay, tell me that's not pro. Of course that's pro. Okay, so compare that to the first <laughs> salary of the Chicago Bulls and the, and the Suns. In 1966, the payroll for 12 players was $180,000. Wow. <laughs> In Phoenix, two years later, it was 225000 for 12 players. And now we're talking about college. and those. Now, by the way, th- more power to them. Sure. This is the system. This is what's happening. But I'll tell you, one of the, one of the problems with it, it's hard to build a program. It's hard to develop players with the portal that exists and the money that's being paid supposedly from a distance. Some, you know, there's a group at it, every university who keeps the, the supposedly the coaches away from all of the details. Otherwise, it's a problem legally. Right. But I'm just saying to you, um, it just raises so many questions, and it's it's. I think it's a runaway freight train right now. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Um, now I want to take that a step further because your your fingerprints are all over the sport of basketball on the professional level. Your name's on the court at the Hall of Fame, for goodness sake. When you look at where the NBA is, I I. I I couldn't help but believe that everybody involved in the NBA must look at this growth as as unbelievable. The the potential to connect people and you look at the diversity in the NBA. You look at the globalism of which you were a part with Team USA. How about the state of basketball? I don't think it could be. It's going to continue to grow. Let's put it that way. It's still not finished. Um, whenever conversations would, would lead to well, gee, how are you going to replace Bill Russell and Jerry West and Oscar Robertson? Well, guess what? Some other guys came along, like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and they, uh, Magic Johnson, and they just keep coming. Look at all the great young players. Every year there's a new group of them. The game continues to grow and prosper. If you look at the potential inductees to the Hall of Fame this year, there's three that are international. Mm-hmm. Wow. Three or four that mm-hmm. could possibly be there. That says a great deal. And they they would say to a man or, or woman that it all started with the the um, dream team in 92 in Barcelona because it opened their eyes. That's what they all wanted when they saw that. Mm-hmm. And so the game internationally is going to continue to grow and expand and 
players are going to get even better because there's more ways and opportunities yeah. to get better. Lastly, Jerry, for me, um, so we still have one major professional championship. It's been a long time. We're 22 years since you brought one from the Diamondbacks. But I was walking over to the Kevin Durant press conference, and I walked by Chase Field, and I looked up, and I'm like, okay, Jerry built that. And then there's Randy Johnson way, and I'm like, okay, Jerry brought that guy in who won the World <laughs> Series. And I'm going to Footprints that, okay, Jerry built this as well. At your stage and your age in life, when you look, we don't have the ton of championships, but the change in this place must blow you away. And you're largely responsible for a lot of it. What do you feel? Well, first of all, it, it takes more than one person to make all of that happen. And I think along the way, I, I had really good people around me, and I tried to develop people around me. And so it's a team effort. Everything's about a team effort. So, yes, a lot of great things happened. But the opportunity was there. And that reminds me when, when I left Chicago and made a decision to come here and start the Suns franchise because I was offered that opportunity. I could have stayed in Chicago, as you well know, and maybe, you know, run the, the Bulls a couple of years later. And who knows how long? Mm-hmm. You just never know what the future holds. I had Milwaukee had offered me the, the GM job before they even announced the franchise. But I chose this market because I saw a blank um, portrait, if you will, that you could write your, you could print or paint your own portrait. So it was like the Wild West. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you didn't have to come from the the good side of the tracks in order to have an opportunity to to make it. Right. Uh, Like it is in the Midwest or certainly in the East and South in many of the major markets. So... um, it's the land of opportunity. I, I seized it. I saw that. I saw downtown as a as a place that really needed to be blown up and start over again. And and by the way, most all of the uh, retail people had moved out of downtown yes. when I first got here in the late '60s. And you really could, outside of lawyers and, and accountants in city, county, and state uh, people who who work downtown. That was it. And at five or six o'clock, you could throw the proverbial (laughs) bowling ball down the street and not hit anything. I don't know how proverbial that was. It was pretty pretty literal at that Uh time. Uh, Piggybacking on on Bick's question, um, I'll just say this for for Arizona sports fans, of which I have been one since my family moved here in the late 70s. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you so much for uh, joining us in studio. Always great to talk to you. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Jerry Colangelo, the uh, Valley sports icon, joining us in studio for Newsmakers Week.